Our scripture this morning comes from John 15, verses 1 through 8. This is probably familiar to us all, but I I want to use it this morning in line with uh, us starting a new year. Uh, John 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. He removes any branches of mine that don't produce fruit, and he trims any branches that produce fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already trimmed because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and in this way prove that you are my disciples. May God add to the reading of his word for us this morning. Uh, I titled the message, uh, A Starting Point, because this is our first service together uh, this year. And uh, when you think about a new year, it's one of my favorite uh, points on the calendar, uh, just because it's a clean slate, right? I mean... Uh, you think about resolutions, but I've always hated that term uh, just because people feel like if, if you don't, if you aren't strict or, or I call it legalistic uh, about your resolutions, you failed. Like there are people probably already who said, I'm going to start the new year on a diet. I, 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 one of my resolutions is I'm going to maintain my diet this year and it's day eight. And they've already not done that, so they've called off the whole year. They're going to wait till January 1 of 2024. Uh, and that's not the ideal uh, on how we're supposed to do things. I, I like to think about goals that we set going into a new year. If you set a goal that you're going to eat healthier and be healthier in the new year, you've got the whole year to do that. You know, it's funny, uh, we have a Y membership and I don't dare go in January because it's so crowded because everybody's out there at the start. But as the year moves on, you can go there about the end of January because all the the newness has fizzled out, right? Because the new year, everybody's excited and they want a clean slate. And then as the clean slate gets dirtied, the steam's worn off. One of the things I love about a new year, though, is you open those new calendars and there's nothing on it. And you get to write in the dates and all the birthdays and all the new things. But I noticed that this week I got one of those small calendars and you flip the page. So every day is a new day. And I thought, wow, every day is a new calendar. I never had really thought about that before. So as it relates to this message this morning, I want us to think about that. Let's let's make some goals here at the start of the year 
And think about that. We get a clean slate every day. And it's not just me that says that. It's God's Word that gives us the assurance that every day is a new day. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, God says, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So as you think about every day of the new year, it's a clean slate. So if you didn't live healthy or you didn't become healthy yesterday, as you turn the calendar page, you can do it today. You didn't reach your goal of reading however many pages you want to read every day or I didn't spend yesterday in God's Word. You turn the page on the calendar and you can do it. Because it's a new day. The Bible tells us so. Lamentations 3.23 God's mercies are new every morning. So every morning we start with a clean slate. It's like the ball drops on a new day every morning. A clean slate. January 8th, 2023. Let this be a starting point for us, church. But not a starting point with those goals that the world is setting, but a starting point for us as Christ followers and, and set some real goals to draw us closer to Him as we walk this life of faith. No matter if we're 8 or 88, these are goals that we can all do, we can all achieve, and they will all benefit us in our daily walk with the Lord. The, the first thing I have here that we can do, and as we use John 15 to help us along the way in these goals, the first thing I noted here is we all need to spend more time with God. As we enter into this new year, we got to spend more time with God. And I don't care how much you spend time with God, we can spend more time. Look at verse 4 in our scripture. That's what Jesus is saying. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in Christ. Spend time with God every day. I, I, in one of his last interviews where he was able to speak and speak clearly, they asked Reverend Graham, what would you, if you could go back and change anything, what would you do? He said, I would spend more time with God. And you think, wow, this guy spends a lot of time with God, but still he wanted more time with God. No matter how much time we do it, we can always spend more. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Uh, look at the first words there, verse 4. Think about that. Remain in me, Jesus says, and I'll remain in you. There's a connection between the two. If we remain in Christ, what's it say? If you remain in me, Jesus says, I'm going to remain in you. So if I spend time every day remaining in Christ, what's the response? Jesus says, I'm going to remain in you. Think about the electric cord. You know, it could be outside of the plug, and it's just some wires and, and some metal. 
But in order for it to get what it needs, for it to get the power, what has to happen? It has to go into the wall. It has to be connected. You see, you see the connection with what Jesus is saying there? In order for us to get what we need, in order for us to get that connection from Jesus, we have to remain in Him. We have to be plugged into the socket. The cord on the item is dependent on the wall socket. We, as Christ followers, are dependent on Christ, and we have to be connected. I see this metaphor play out every time I'm in the woods hiking with Tanya. All these branches, they're dead and laying on the ground, and you think, why do they no longer have life? Because they're not connected to the life source anymore. And some of them are are dead the minute they're snapped off of the life source, and some of them it's a gradual bending, bending, and then a breaking. It should not only be our goal as we start 2023, it should be our goal every day as we turn the page. As that ball drops on a new day, we got to spend more time with God. I heard a pastor say this in a sermon clip I saw this week. I wish I knew his name. I'd like to give him credit. It's not mine originally. But he said, if you're only spending the time that you spend at church with God, there's no way you can be a disciple. He said, I'm going to make a blanket statement. And that's what he said. If you're only spending the time you spend at church with God, there's no way you're a disciple. And think about that and unpack it. And I just sat there for like 15 minutes chewing up what he said. Those disciples walked and talked and lived and ate and they breathed in and out Jesus constantly. They couldn't just spend an hour or two a week with Jesus and be disciples. A.W. Tozer said, if a man wants to be used by God, he cannot spend all of his time with people. We can't spend every waking hour with the world and then give God just this little snippet of ourselves and expect to be producing fruit. Tozer's quote is saying there, if we aren't spending time with God, we aren't functioning properly the way that he created us to. We need to start this new year, and it's not too late. We're only eight days in spending time with God. And if it doesn't sound good coming from me, maybe it'll sound better coming from God's Word. Jeremiah 2, 32 says this, Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. We get busy. Life starts to pull us away. We go in different directions. I don't think anybody gets up intentionally and says, I'm not going to spend time with God today. But what happens? We start to get our life going. And next thing you know, it's bedtime. And we haven't 
spent any time with God. I, I do that with him. I don't get up first thing and go walking. You know, I like to get up and get out of bed and go walk at the high school track, even when it's cold. If I don't do it right away, I know I'm not going to do it. Not because I, I'm intentionally not going to walk. I just know that time's going to get away from me. And when it gets to be dark at night and close to bedtime, I'm just not going to make myself get out there and do it. It's the same with spending time with God. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? Yet for years on end, my people have forgotten me. We just forget to spend time with God. We get busy. So that's the first thing we need to do as we enter a new year. Make it a goal. Spend more time with God. And here's another one. Number two, stay connected with the church and church people. More and more as we move into this new way of thinking among people, the church is not important. I hear more people say that every day. Oh, I don't need church. I love the Lord, but I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Our scripture says, He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit, and He trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. It's vital, church, that we're connected to each other, that we're connected to a body of believers. Acts, the whole book of Acts in the Bible is about the growth of the new church, the bride of Christ. When I hear people say they don't need church, I think you're saying you don't need the bride of Christ. This is the institute that Christ put in place. Why? Because we need it. We need this to help us grow, to help us be disciples, to help us spend more time with Him. When we're connected to the church and we're connected to each other, we're able to produce more fruit. We function more in the way that God intended us to function. I'm talking about the little C and the big C. Our church here and the church worldwide, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, the church worldwide is the bride of Christ. We need one another. We need to be praying for each other. We need to pick each other up. We need to send cards. We need to call on each other. Maybe even to stop in and say hello. Less and less church is becoming important. I had seen a copy of this letter a pastor shared uh, recently, I, I thought it, it's kind of appropriate for the mindset of church. See, see if you know anybody who fits this uh, line of thinking. It says, Dear Pastor, you often stress church attendance at worship as being very important for a Christian. But I think a person has a right to miss now and then. I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons and the number of times I've indicated. Christmas holidays, the Sunday before and the Sunday after, that's two weeks we should be excused. New Year's, 
Well, we don't ring in the new year till midnight. The party lasts too long. We should get that Sunday off. Easter, we normally get away for that holiday. Before and after, that's two Sundays. July 4th, that's a national holiday. You can't expect us to come to church that Sunday. We need one off. Labor Day, we always get away as a family on that weekend, so that's at least one. Memorial Day, we like to visit our hometown folks on that Sunday, so that's one. School closings, kids need a break. We always take one of those off a year. When school reopens, we need one last fling. So we'll take one Sunday off for that. Family reunions, remember we have two, my wife's and mine, and we need a week in between to recuperate, so that's three Sundays we'll miss. Sometimes we're going to sleep late throughout the year after being up late on Saturday nights. We'll need nine of those every year to stay home. Deaths in the family, I figure there will be about two a year. Anniversary, we'll need one Sunday off a year for that. Sickness, one family member, one per family member, that's five Sundays. Business trips, that's one. Vacations, three to four weeks, so we'll need six Sundays for that. Bad weather, ice, snow, rain, clouds, that's two Sundays. Ball games, two. Races, two. Unexpected company, we can't walk out on them, that's two. Time changes, one in the spring and one in the fall, that's two. And then those special TV Sundays, like the Super Bowl or the Daytona 500, that's three. Pastor, that leaves two or three Sundays per year. So you can count on us to be in church on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday in August unless we are providentially hindered, sincerely a faithful member. Now I know we that's meant to be in jest, but we all know people who are like that. What it basically saying is people will look for any excuse not to be in church. I saw a pastor once he... He posted on his social media page, it took 300 gallons of water to baptize you and it only takes a little bit of drizzle to keep you home from church on Sunday. And there's, there's truth in that, right? I mean, but we need the body of Christ. I always say, the more that Satan tries to keep me from something spiritual, the more I know I need to be there, right? You ever not wanted to go do something and then you get there and you're like, wow, I'm glad I went. That God had something for me in that, we need the body of Christ to help us and build us up. But you know what? More than that, and this is what I share with people who, who talk about, well, I don't need church. I share with them, even if that were true, which I don't believe it is, the church needs you. The body needs you. You're a part of the body and we can't function without you. And again, that's not George saying it. That's God's word. 1 Corinthians 12.21 This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. 
The body can't function without one another. All of us are important parts of the body, and when somebody's not here, we don't function the way we're supposed to. The bride of Christ. We need church. That should be a goal. Spend more time with God to connect to the church and the church family as much as we can. Another one we should commit to as we move into a new year. Give to God with every area of our life. Verse 6 in our scripture. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire, and burned. What's that mean? They're, they're not productive. They're not of any use. And when I say give to God, I'm not just talking about the tithe. When you look at the United Methodist membership, they talk about supporting the church with finances. That's part of it. But also the prayers... Support each other with your prayers, your presence, every part of your being, your witness, your testimonies. It's all part of it. Give to God everything that you have, your whole life. Anytime I've talked about this in a message, I always call it the hokey pokey sermon, right? You put your whole self in and then you don't take it out. You put your whole self in. It's the hokey pokey. God wants all of you, not just some of you. And again, it's not me saying it. It's Jesus himself. Revelations 3, 14 and 15. I know your works. Some people do a lot of work. But they don't have that connection that we talked about. I know your works, but Jesus says this, you're neither hot nor cold. You do a lot for me. You do a lot for the church. But you're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot? So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This church that he's talking to at Laodicea, I never say that well. Uh, why is he saying it to them? Because they were self-sufficient. They didn't need Jesus. We do a lot of work for them. But we have a lot. We're blessed. We don't need to give ourselves to them. We do a lot for them. We don't need stuff from them. We have a lot. They're indifferent. Commit to go all in. That's what we need to do as we start a new year. Go in all in by spending time with them, by connecting to the bride, the church, and the church people. And then the last point we'll make this morning, it's one that people use in a secular sense, but also we need to use in the church sense. We got to declutter our lives. We got to declutter our lives. Verse 2 He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. And He trims any of my branch, he, he, and He trims any branch that produces fruit. 
so that it will produce even more fruit. I, I want to focus on that first section there in verse 2. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. There are so many people who are carrying so much baggage in our world. And it's all different categories, right? Some people are carrying anger. Some people are carrying bitterness. Some people are carrying sin. Whatever it is, we can take comfort in knowing, right? Right here in John 15, God's Word, God's unchanging, unfailing truth tells us right there in verse 2, He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. And we know that anger and bitterness and sin Whatever junk we're carrying around and we're burdened with at the start of this year is not going to produce any fruit. So we have an opportunity at the start of the year to just lay it down. Let, let God remove it. The Word tells us that He will. I'll tell you a story, and I'm sorry if I, I've told it before, but I was at the Washington County Fair last summer standing there talking to a friend of mine. And uh, he's about seven or eight years older than me. So we're talking, he probably graduated high school in the early 80s. And this lady came up and talked to him. And she knew who he was, but he didn't know who she was. He didn't remember. And he said, tell me again who you are. And, you know, he said, okay, now, and okay, I think I remember now. And as she left, he said, I have no clue who that was. Well, the next morning, he showed me a, a post that she had made on her Facebook page that basically said, it's just like it was in high school. The, the popular people still don't remember you or treat you poorly. And I said, that, that breaks your heart, doesn't it? She's been carrying that around for, I don't know, what, 40 years? That's when he would have graduated high school. 40 years she's been carrying that baggage. That she, Her instinct was to go back from 2022 to 1982. And that baggage. And I said, really, from a Christian perspective, it, it breaks my heart that somebody's carrying around baggage. From all those years ago, that I forget what I did yesterday. I can't imagine trying to remember somebody that I went to high school with, that maybe I wasn't in a class with or I wasn't friends with. But she's seen it as mistreatment, and that was baggage that she's carrying around. I only use that as an example because so many people among us are carrying around so much junk, and they don't have to. The Bible says... He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. That doesn't produce fruit in her life. And how many of us have stuff that's not producing fruit? And we have an opportunity to let God remove that from us. And all we have to do is say, Here, God, I'm tired of carrying it around. I don't want to carry it anymore. That's one of the advantages about being in God's house. We get so busy through life, we don't take the time to say, God, I don't want to carry this anymore. We, we can come to church on Sunday morning and we can pray together at the end of the service and say, God, I just want a fresh start. I'm going to leave this place and I want to leave this junk that I've been carrying around. I don't want to carry it anymore. 
George read those words and they're true and I believe them to be true and I want you to remove it from my life. So as we finish up this morning, I hope that we can all make that goals as we enter into the new year and we're going to spend more time with God and we're going to connect more. (laughs) We're all here every Sunday anyway, but connect more with the church and the church people. We're going to be like the hokey pokey and put our whole selves in. And we're not going to carry around. We're going to let God do what He says He'll do and remove any of those branches in our lives that don't produce fruit. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just... I know this is the second Sunday of the new year, but it's our first together. So I just ask, God, that You would help us to live out these goals. And any other goals that You have for us in our lives... Uh, We know that we can't do this on our own. We need you and your spirit in our lives to do these things. Uh, We need each other to help us and and to root us on and to pray for us and, and help us live out this on a daily basis. So God, we just thank you for your call to be better disciples, to be stronger disciples. Uh, And we just ask that you bring these goals to mind whenever we uh, venture away from them and, uh, others to mind as well that we need to address in our lives. Just uh, walk with us and talk with us on a daily basis. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.